Hi guys, it's Baby Peach, and we're back again with another episode of Higurashi. This was the first time I'd ever woke with such clarity. It was 5.59, just moments before my alarm would go off. I was amazed at the precision of my internal clock. I had made preparations for the next day of school before I went to bed. I changed quickly and descended to the deserted lower floor. It appeared that my mom was still asleep. Neither breakfast nor lunch was ready. Yesterday, I was un illiterately declared that I would be leaving early today, so I couldn't be helped. I slathered jam on some bread and topped it with some instant cocoa just as I was finishing up breakfast. Mom rose groggily from her slumber. My KG, you're up early. Is there some sort of school event? Not really. Answering bluntly, I picked up my bag and stood after stuffing two slices of bread down my throat. You're leaving already? What about lunch? If you don't wait a if you don't wait a bit, I can't make it. If I waited for her to make my lunch, then it would end up being the same time as usual. If I did that, it would raise the chances of me running into Raina and me on on the way. Yes, from today onwards, I was going to go to school alone. It'll be fine for today. Then what will you do for lunch? I'll slip out and buy some bread or something at the store. Really? Then there's some lunch money. Be sure to bring me back the receipt. I took the thousand yen bill from mom and slipped it into my pocket. It's pretty early. Is Raina Chan up this early as well? No, just me. Did you tell Raina Chan that you're leaving early? I have no reason to tell her every little detail now, do I? Finding it difficult to answer the onslaught of questions, I made an annoyed face. Tell Raina that I went ahead when she comes. Hey, Katie, wait. It's not that I didn't trust my parents. I just couldn't rely on them. They couldn't help me. I can only hope that they didn't get involved. It was safer that way. My mom's annoying voice was cut off by the slam of the door. For the first time since I moved here, I headed down the road to school alone. Up until now, I'd always walked down the same path at the same time each day. So I always met with the same people at the same places, but today was different. I didn't meet the people I would normally, and nobody was at the places where I would normally meet them. Of course, Raina wasn't in the spot where we usually met, and there wasn't anyone at the spot where we would have met up with Raina, me on. The length of the trees' shadows, the morning air, and the brightness of the sun, it was a completely different type of morning from what I was used to. Without a doubt, it felt strange. It left me with the impression that I had destroyed the illusion Hinamizawa had set up for me before it had enough time to prepare all the props needed to deceive me. My, Keiji Hoon, you're so early today. Is everyone meeting early this morning? The person who called out to me was someone we always passed by as they were talk taking a walk along the edge of the fields. Their name was, uh, I forgot. Of course, this wasn't the spot where we usually passed each other. I woke up early today, so I thought it would be a good change of pace, that's all. I threw out a random excuse. What about Raina-chan and Mion-chan? Are you by yourself today? Well, yeah. 
I was being asked the same type of questions my mom was asking, so I answered them in the same uninteresting, vague manner. It wasn't funny being asked where Raina was each time I passed by someone, but maybe it was to be expected. It was because for so long we were always together so amicably. Even I felt that if I let my guard down, we could still be friends. Stop it, Keiji. Don't think about that anymore. You spent all day yesterday thinking about how dangerous it was to go soft, didn't you? Beep, beep, beep. A car horn bland from out of nowhere. Even though I was walking, lost in thought, that horn was way too close. A mechanical behemoth barreled at me from behind, catching me completely off guard. By the time I turned around, the van's hawking Cassis was almost on top of me. I'd seen plenty of cars veer to the opposite shoulder to avoid pedestrians, but this car was doing the opposite. Felt like It felt like there was somebody on the opposite shoulder and the van was swerving in my direction to avoid them. That blissfully ignorant train of thought delayed me from realizing something much, much more important. That large mass was hurtling right at me. Was it going to hit me? That the inside of my head instantly flooded with a painfully cold liquid. In that moment, the scene before me, no time itself, had frozen. In the silence of that frozen moment, I compared the van so close that I had no way to dodge it, and my body, the upper half, twisted awkwardly in order to look behind me. There was no way I could dive out of the way in my current position. If I lost focus now, this moment would unpause and I would probably be plowed over, caught in the silly pose. Bend my upper body over towards the paddy by the side of the road. If I bent far enough, I'd get away with just being hit by the side view mirror. As soon as the thought crossed my mind, the temporal status was shattered by the deafening sound of the van. The side mirror struck my shoulder, sending me spinning off through the air like a top locked in my contorted position. Good flash. Sent tumbling through the air, I crashed into the muddy paddy on the side of the road. My entire body was soiled and drenched, but the choice I had made in the instant was unmistakably for the best. I was covered in mud, but when the altercate, alter, But when the alternative was being hit by the car, it was the closest I could be to being unscathed. Rising out of the paddy, I had enough in me to glare over at the stopped van and yell profanities at the driver. I'm not sure if he was able to see me, but the van sped off suddenly. Wait, damn it, this was what they call a hit and run, wasn't it? I couldn't help but continue yelling profanities. The disgrace from being covered in mud hurt me more than any physical wounds. I slogged through the muddy paddy and made my way back onto the road. This is a crime, goddammit. Shit, I'll track you down and see you. I'll go looking for the van. I'm sure to find it in this little village. The path I was on had rice paddies on either side, and it had become so narrow that one car could barely fit through. It wasn't a place you could tear full speed down in a car, let alone pass by pedestrians. Not only was it a narrow road, but the car just now was closer to my side of the road than than the other when it went past me. Even as I cursed, I was desperately trying to suppress the dark clouds rolling up within me. This wasn't just a hit and run. That car now was trying to run me over, wasn't it?
Thinking back, I did feel like there had been a car creeping up on me slowly for a while. That's right, as soon as I parted ways with that person taking a walk, I had that feeling the whole time. If it had wanted to pass me, then it had no shortage of chances. Normally, I would have felt suspicious and turned around sooner, but I was lost in thought and now was kicking myself for not realizing it was there sooner. And then, when the pass became narrow and there was no one else in sight, he floored it. If I had hesitated for even a moment, the result would have been no laughing matter. As the adrenaline rush from nearly being run over subsided and the realization of just how terrifying the preceding events were sunk in, there was no doubt about it that the van was intentionally trying to hit me. A cold, vicious sweat seeped from my scalp and slid down my back before dribbling off. I struggled to avoid falling into a panic. There was still those phosphorus. There was still the possibility that this was really just an accident. Calm down, Keiji. But also, don't be so naive, Keiji. Being that lax will get you killed next time. You need to always be on your toes. Don't give them any openings. If my enemy was really out to kill me, the next time they would be a more reliable method. If that time came and I was acting like I was now, I like being covered in mud was the price I had to pay for my own naivety. Covered in mud but without injury. Not even a sprain. I guess this is what you would call the silver lining. I began walking again, this time cautiously. I wouldn't even show a hint of carelessness. I had suspected only Reyna and the others up until now. No, it was because I had suspected them that I had believed there was no other enemies. Oishi's son had said so, didn't he? There was the possibility that all the families of the village were involved. Was I really mirrored so deeply in the situation that I had no choice but to try to carry on as usual? Wouldn't it be safest just to hold myself up in the house? But the moment I abandoned my regular routine, everyone around me would abandon theirs as well. That was just too horrifying of a thought. I recalled the tales of Oishi-san told me of when Hinomizawa was still called Onigafuchi. A frightening tale of the entire village of demons hunting their prey, surrounding them and eating them alive. One must not interfere with the demons. One must not pretend not to see them. The enemy were numerous, all the village families. The villagers were their unwaving faith and their curses would do nothing to help me. The strong sudden flash of sunshine made me slightly dizzy. I had no idea what was going on anymore. When I suspected it was the work of a man, I would catch a glimpse of Oyashiro-sama's curse. And when I suspected it was Oyashiro-sama's curse, someone would poke their head out. What was coincidence? What was intentional? Who was my enemy? Who was just a bystander? No, what I really truly wanted to know was, how did I end up with the proverbial bullseye painted on my back? Eventually, an answer in a form I couldn't understand it will appear. I don't care when that will happen, because until then, I cannot die. That alone fueled my resolve to fight and will keep me alive. I remembered seeing the metal bat in the gym storage shed, but there was a padlock on the door bearing my entry. 
At the very least, I wanted to get my hands on it before everyone else arrived at school. I circled around the school grounds impatiently. But all I could find were things like the pieces of lumber, nothing that I could bring into the classroom easily. Then I had an epiphany. I should search inside the classroom. If it was something in the classroom to begin with, then there wouldn't be a problem. I could tell that everyone's indoor shoes were still in their lockers. Good thing I came early. Nobody else was here yet. I wondered, what could I find in the classroom? I didn't think I could find an especially effective weapon like a bat, but it couldn't be helped at this point. Until the gym storage shed was open, I needed to find a substitute. A lingering hit of naivety whispered that there was no way I'd be attacked at school, but such soft ideas would no longer protect me. To think that they were slowly making their way into parts of my life that I had once thought impenetrable. In the worst case, my own house might not be safe anymore. That was an incredibly frightening thought. But I believe that not considering the worst case scenario would have been even more frightening. Anyways, I will survive. So long as I lived, then I would definitely be able to escape this labyrinth of nonsense. Definitely. My exploration in the classroom came to an impasse. That much was to be expected. There was no way there would be anything that would be a weapon in the classroom. In case of emergency, there was probably nothing I could do but swing on my own chair around. My gaze landed on the lockers that had come to be used for forced personal storage. The locker that Mian used to store her pile of games was among them. There was one of each person in the classroom, all lined up. Of course, there was one for me as well. Oh yeah, there was supposed to still be a tracksuit in my locker. Seeing me covered in mud would be strange. I should go change later. But first, I needed a weapon. If one of my classmates came, it would be hard to rummage through all the lockers. I swiftly began opening the lockers one by one. They were mostly just filled with the things like gym clothes, personal items, and umbrellas. An umbrella. If I couldn't find anything better, then this would have to be my weapon. I was about to give up on finding anything decent when I opened a locker that held exactly what I wanted. It was, without a doubt, a metal bat. It was well-worn and pretty beaten up, but there was no doubt it was usable. In that locker that reeked of mold, there also hung a baseball uniform. It was probably the locker of a student in a peewee league or something like that. If that was the case, then he'd probably ask for it back. At that time, I could hear the voices of the, ch of the children scuffling their way nosily in the from the hallway. Amongst them, I could make out Rika-chan and Satoko. Good morning. My, my, you quit early this morning, Kichi-san. I nonchalantly hit the back bat I was holding behind my back. What is with your outfit? You're covered in mud. Yeah, I had a little incident. I'm going to change now, so cut me some slack. With that said, I began taking off my clothes. Satoko began to blush, just as I expected her to. Ch changing in front of a lady? Have you no tact at all? I would think that a lady staring at someone who was changing would be the one lacking in tact. There's no changing room for the boys, so just deal with it. As Satoko feigned in, in disgust, she went into the hall still blushing. Conversely, Rika-chan continued to stare at me, preparing to change. If Rika-chan is a lady as well, then I don't think it would be appropriate for you to be watching. 
I'm not a lady, so it's fine. She deliberately pouted and looked at me with upturned eyes. Then starting now, you're a lady. If I'm a lady, then I suppose I must. Rikachana, appearing to be satisfied with being considered a lady, made her way to join Satoko in the hallway. Just as I breathed a sigh of relief, Rikachan stopped suddenly and turned back towards me. Are you going to start playing baseball? It seems that Rikachan had noticed the bat. Yeah, just, you know. I was feeling a bit out of shape, so I thought I'd just try practicing my swing. I think it's wonderful you're taking care of your health. She was talking like an old lady despite her appearance. After saying that, Rika-chan started to leave again, but stopped and looked back at me once more. Please don't lose that bat. It seemed that she already knew I took it out of someone's locker. There was no name on the locker door. I didn't know whose bat it was, but it would be borrowing it. I would be borrowing it until they complained. It wouldn't be for long, just until the gym storage shed was open. After quickly changing into the track suit, I checked the time. I still had plenty of time before class began. I came so early. I took the bat in one hand and went out to the schoolyard. That was, of course, to practice my swing. I needed to make it known I would always have a bat on me so I could practice my swing. At some point, the sunlight had become even stronger. Disregarding my classmates as they made their way to school, I took my position in the shadow of the school building. It wasn't the academic type, and I wasn't much of an athlete late either. I might get muscle pains if I just suddenly started swinging. I should at least start out with some warm-ups. I doubt anyone would think I was doing anything out of the ordinary, which was the exact opposite of my actual mental state. I gripped the bat and swung lightly. The bat was by no means light. The weight would make it a reliable weapon when I needed it to be. Of course, I could only pray that the moment I needed to use this as a weapon would never come. Just carrying it around could deter attack attacks against me. At least that's what I hoped. Huh? Cake, John? What are you doing? Being bombarded with such a hysterical voice, I jumped. Whoa, Keiichi Kun, are you on the baseball team? The baseball team. It was Reina and Mion. I was surprised to hear. I was surprised to hear you went off ahead. What are you doing, Keichan? Can't you tell by looking? I'm practicing my swing for the championship. You can say it's part of my diet if you want. Diet. Kei-chan, are you really that fat? But you didn't know I actually have a beer belly. It's plump and jiggles. P plump and jiggles? Raina, you don't have to imagine something weird like that. To disrupt Raina from imagining something that vulgar, I ruffled her hair messily. Well then, I hope you make it to regionals at least. This old man will cheer you on. Regionally speaking, it seems that Oshima High is pretty strong. They say their South Paul Kamita-kun is amazing. Good luck. Seems they made out as some kind of local prodigy, but oh well. Well, if I really didn't make it out of the championship, it would be a cinch. After all, I'd be a pitcher and a catcher. 
I'd pitch the ball, then I'd run past the ball. I just threw and change over being the catcher in a burst of a super incredible explosive speed. I laughed dryly at the ludicrous image. Coming back to my senses, I smashed the bat against the ground. Damn it. What am I laughing at? I pounded the ground over and over. With each impact, the reverberation traveling through the bat stung my hands. If they made me smile like that, I'll... I'll... Don't allow anyone close to me. Don't trust anyone, no matter how many times I tell myself that. If they make me smile like that, I'll... I already knew quite well that they were demons dwelling in my smiling friends. But I just couldn't believe it. Did that kind of split personality really exist? Like how Reina confessed to the doctor, were they simply being possessed by Oyashiro-sama? In other words, did a supernatural being like Oyashiro-sama really exist? And was it possessing everyone to try and kill me? Yeah, that would be wonderful. If only everyone were actually my friends all along and everything was all just Oyashiro-sama's fault. You damned fool, Keiji Maibara, come on now. I yelled out, drawing out all the power from the pit of my stomach and raised the bat violently into the air. Stop being so soft. As I screamed out with all my might, I beat the metal bat into the ground over and over. With every impact, my weakness was being beaten down. Smash. Forget. Smash. Don't be soft. Smash. Know your enemy. Smash. Like hell I'd let them like hell I'd let them kill me. My shoulders heaving up and down from my ragged breathing, I heard the first bell just as I calmed down. Okay guys, and with that we're gonna end this episode here. Can't wait to find out what's going to happen in class. See you next time, guys. Um, make sure you follow all my socials, Baby Peach Anime on YouTube, the same on TikTok, and Smokey underscore Succubus for Instagram. See you guys in the next episode. Bye.